This audio is cutsay of Al Jazeera. And then it, it becomes okay. It starts by you saying in front of your children and to your children that they are somehow better than other people just because they eat different food. The next time it is okay to kill the person next door because they eat different food. And they look a little bit different from you. So I actually do think it's a very serious matter. I don't think there's anything to laugh about. And I think it's very sad. As you can tell from the audio uh, that has just played is that today's topic is quite tough. It's a conversation that is overdue, a conversation that we we tiptoe around yet it's affecting every Kenyan and I'm going to open with this. I'm quoting my friend Joan from her blog Finding God with Joan. I can't stand politics. Kenyan politics in particular. I thought that as I got older, I would get interested and become as passionate as the adults around me seemed to be. However, here I am at 25 not only disinterested but completely disgusted by how things run in this country. Maybe I have some more growing up to do or maybe this is it. My attitude will not change as long as things remain the way they are. She shares something that I'm sure most people feel. We don't want to watch news anymore. At least I don't want to watch news because it's just so depressing. News to me became something that I can't stand anymore. They were pulling me down. But I've been thinking a lot about the elections that are coming up next year. And I'm wondering what should be done differently Therefore, I thought, I know where we ill from as a country, then why shouldn't I talk about this? I had the privilege of being around different tribes while I was growing up. I was mostly around the Samburus and Turkanas. In high school, I was able to interact with the Luyas, Kisi, Kalenjin, Luos and the list goes on and on. To be honest, I never felt like there was a rift between the tribes. These were just my friends, my classmates. That's what they were and they were good people, friendly. And they didn't represent what I had been taught about them uh, from my home. I also had about war between certain groups on the news, which I wondered, why do they fight? If they are fighting for resources like water, then they should share. It shouldn't be a question that this river belongs to our community. So it's up to us to decide if we want to share with you. In my naive mind, I thought to myself that we all belong to 
one country, Kenya. Therefore, we should settle anywhere we want to. We should use resources the way we want to, of course, under the governance of our country. But little did I know tribalism. It's such an ailment in our country and I don't think that we have accepted in our hearts the depth of the tribalism and how we have embraced it and we have accepted uh, to live with it. it. It has become this thing that we... We don't want to talk about, we can talk about sports, we can talk about the Olympics, we can talk about Hirambestas, but we sh- can never ever talk about tribalism. Yet, tribalism has informed so many decisions that are happening right now in Kenya. The idolatry of tribalism in Kenya. We have exalted our tribe over everyone else. I come from that tribe that is amongst the famous, the Kikuyo. We have exalted ourselves so much that we believe that we can't be ruled by other people or if a luo takes a seat then then that they'll take away our businesses they'll take away our um, our land and whatever thing else that they will they would do if they got into into the most highest position in kenya we have exalted our tribe so much and not only our tribes, but also our leaders. And maybe we have exalted them even higher. Higher than God. We have, we have become willing to elect bad leaders. Uh, who are corrupt. Who are stealing from us. As long as they are the person from the other tribe shouldn't get the position. We have become almost senseless that um, we have this narrative in our head that we don't want to erase, yet it just exists in our mind. It's not real. It's not real that when another person from the other tribe takes on a position that somehow we are going to be thrown out of our country. It all belongs to us. And because we have exalted ourselves so much, we have become willing to kill. We have become willing to dignify a person because of the tribe that they come from. I know that Kenya was formed in the ground of tribalism perpetuated by the colonialists, but about more than 50 years ago. But we can't use the same line 
50 plus years after independence, we can still say that that this country was formed under tribalism because we can change the narrative. And I feel like it's like um, a 70-year-old man complaining that he has anger issues because his parents sent him to a boarding school while he was five. While the separation must have been painful, you can't live the rest of your life as a five-year-old. You have to change the narrative. You have to be willing to question things and choose to live differently. And that doesn't mean we will dishonor the people who came before us, but we will choose to live better lives than what was handed to us, where we will choose to take the, the good, run with it, and build on that. That should be the same for every Kenyan where we should ask our ourselves question because i believe if you are listening to this podcast then you have interacted with at least half of the tribes in kenya then why don't you question what you were taught versus your real life experiences with other communities are they uncivilized like you were taught um, to be honest, it's, they're like me, they're like you. They, the only difference is that we speak a different language, but that shouldn't be used to place myself higher than the other person. That shouldn't be used to place, that shouldn't be a proof that I'm a better person than the other person. We have the same skin. We live under the same in the same country. We receive uh, rain the same way, and that that should be enough to show us how equal we are. But we have lived under the shadow of "I'm a better person because I come from this area," because my tribesmen is the leader of the country. Now, there are consequences of idolatry. There has been bloodshed through assassinations. Um, It's not once that we have had people disappearing or prominent people are just disappearing or falling dead or planes uh, getting out of the airport with a fault because there was an intention to kill a certain person. Um, there is the story of Tom Boyer. It's so sad. Actually, if you're Kenyan and you've never read about Tom Boyer, I think you should because it's uh, that guy. He had a very good vision for this country even not only for this country but also for africa he lived for only 38 years but the change that he was able to um that he was able to bring not only in kenya but around 
um, in Africa, commendable. He did a lot. Um, then there are bloodshed through elections. Um, we can't even start uh, talking about 2007-2008 post-election violence. Some people, a lot of people died. A lot of women were raped. Some people are still living in squatters. Um, some people are still displaced in their own country. Bloodshed through terrorists. And you may think that, that that's not our fault. But I'll talk about it later where I think we have failed as Christians um, to talk about, not only to talk about such issues, but also to, to be the gatekeepers of this country. I think we have really failed and we are supposed to repent for all the types of bloodshed that has happened um, in Kenya. Then there are unequal distribution of resources uh, where we can't even start uh, talking about grabbing of land. Uh, people grab land without even considering the people who live there. We can't start talking about the houses that are being burnt right, left and center. Right now, it's like keep here. Almost every year we have Gikomba being burned. Where does all these, where do all these fires come from? People trying to grab land or belonging to poor people who are trying to make, to make it for themselves and maybe for their children to give them a better future. Yet you're stealing the, the only thing that they have to change to change the status of their families the an, another consequence of idolatry um as in tribalism hate we hate one another and that tension is felt when elections are nearing when all of a sudden i realize that my friend comes from coast or whatever and all of a sudden they become these bad people yet we have lived for four years without any quarrel all of a sudden we view them as enemies and preparing for this episode reminded me when I was told that if I ever got married to a law that my my relatives would come from me and take me back home and yo that's so wrong on so many levels very wrong and i'll quote open democracy.net article where they have written about tribalism in kikuyo and that person quoted it the article was written by akisi the Kikuyu, for example, we are given the impression that the fish-eating laws were lazy. 
uncircumcised and unreliable, while the lawyers were made to view the gamer communities as schemers, liars, untrustworthy, arrogant, and so forth. This is so much hate that we don't question. Why don't we question this stuff? Is it true? The thing is, every tribe, just like every individual, they have a flaw. But that doesn't justify the hate. Nothing can justify that kind of hate. Um, then there is corruption. Money is being stolen. Money that is supposed to help the poor. Money that was supposed to help the people affected by COVID. All that money was stolen. And, and that I'm just talking about a fraction. In Kenya, it said that at least $2 billion is lost every single day. Why is that happening? If you ask me, because we allowed tribalism to get into this country. We became so selfish that we just want to serve ourselves. And that's what tribalism is all about. We want to serve what's best for our tribe. Why don't we ask what about the other tribe? Why do they have to... Every time there is um, there is a famine, why do they have to be affected so badly? How come something that I grew up, I grew up listening, uh, watching the news that, uh, for example, Tulkana, that people are dying of hunger. How come the same thing is happening more than 10 years later? Does it mean that there is nothing that can be done about that? We should honestly take this seriously and accept that tribalism is such a nail that has given birth to so many other things that we are seeing today. Where are Christians in all of this? The church has lost its voice. It has lost its voice. It lost its voice when it started taking sides, when it started supporting a certain leader. It lost its voice when it allowed tribalism to rule over the church instead of God, when they began listening to their leaders more than they listened to God. I'll quote again from opendemocracy.net article, still on the article about tribalism in Kenya. Hate and tribalism in the country has compromised the church and rendered the religious fraternity unable to offer guidance on matters of national relevance. How can someone listen to you if you're taking sides? Why, if, if the Bible is about peace, why can't you communicate peace instead? Why are you, why are you communicating hatred? 
Were you supporting certain leaders? Are you called to support certain leaders or are you called to represent God in every aspect of your life? But we have chosen our tribes above God. Our pulpits in church became a campaign square. A leader can kill. A leader can grab land. A leader can do whatever, can talk all the dirty things that they desire in the public, yet they are allowed in our pulpits to take up the mics and talk to the people. Why aren't there lines of where is the respect? The respect was lost. When we stopped listening to God. These are the questions that we should ask for. I mean that we should ask ourselves as Christians. Especially now that um, elections are coming. When we pray for peace. When we are praying uh, that God should appoint his own leader how come i am more devoted to my tribe than i am to god did god say love your neighbor as long as they come from your tribe if they don't belong to your tribe then you can hate them because they are not god's image bearers if you're representing God. And if you believe uh, that you were created in God's image and everyone was created in God's image, then where does that happen in your heart that you decide to choose that this neighbor is less worthy because they come from this tribe? How can you then pray to God for peace and think that God is going to answer such prayers when we are mistreating one another? Don't you think that praying for peace and not wanting to agree with God on who should be the country's leader is outright contradicting yourself? Start asking yourselves all these questions. How How is it okay for me to pray to God about this, yet I've disrespected a neighbor? How is it okay for me to pray for, to God for a leader when I already have a leader at the back of my mind, the leader that I want, the leader who comes from my tribe? Now, there are a lot of injustices that have been caused by tribalism. When we became loyal to our tribesmen more than we are to the truth, then we began ignoring the truth. And we can't talk the truth, we can't speak the truth anymore. How can we how can we teach about the truth when we are not living it? When we allowed all that to happen, then 
things like terrorism had to happen because we failed to be the gatekeepers when we became complacent when we decided to sleep when we became complacent when we be- when when we were afraid to hurt other people and when we were worried to be judged by other people because we are listening to god then we allowed we gave satan a gate pass to do whatever he desires with this country everything absolutely everything that is happening right now it's happening as a result of tribalism and as christians because they have failed we have we have failed to be the people that god called us to be when you look at the story of nehemiah you realize because he was such a prayerful man he learned that there were people who wanted to attack him as he was rebuilding the the wall of jerusalem and from that he gathered his men to protect to protect uh, the jerusalem and and when the enemies land that he knew they had to withdraw and they were so disappointed but nehemiah learned about all this because he kept praying if you read the whole book of nehemiah you learn that the guy prayed from the start of the bible i mean of the of his book to the end and he was such a humble guy and he didn't he he was aware of himself in god because he always prayed about everything until we come we get uh to such a place when we realize that we have failed as christians then most likely even if we fasted even if we did what without acknowledging that we have failed and and confessing our sins before god and repenting then there is very little that it's going to change in this country we should come to a point where if you're listening to this episode share with your friends even if you're not going to share the link at least talk to your friends about it start praying about it start repenting about all this stuff so that we can create change when we become one when we agree with god that we have surely failed and we have disobeyed him and then uh then we repent then he's going to hear us but until then man I'm not sure how much we are going to change. My desire is that if you listen to this episode you're not going to keep quiet about it that you're going to share this with your friends with your family that you're going to bring up this conversation. Let us change this narrative if this country is going to change it's not going to be changed by the leaders that we choose it's us who choose the leaders therefore the power is in our hands if we want change
then we should decide it for ourselves that we want change. And if we choose not to change, then hata tukipiga kelele aje, the same things that are happening right now will still happen and they probably be worse. So the change is in our hands. You've listened to this episode. It's your it's you to decide if you want change, okay? There will be. If you don't want, then there won't be any change. Uh, but though we have to change how this country is run, let's let's do better. I think we still have a chance for that to happen. The elections 2022 elections are less than one year. But we still have time to change, I believe so. Let's do better. Let's decide to do better as a country. And I think that it will be possible. Because unless we accept that something is wrong, then nothing, nothing is ever going to change. That you can't change anything until you admit that there is a certain flaw in you. And that's the only way you can start healing by accepting that there is actually something is wrong. Not to justify it, but to want to do better. Remember that Jesus loves you. Until next week, have a great time. Follow Swan Podcast on social media at Swan Podcast on IG. Swan Podcast by Shell Njogu on Facebook at Shell at Njogu Shello on Twitter. And you can also follow me on my personal IG account at Shell Njogu. This is Swan Podcast.